You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey everybody, good afternoon. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you on a Wednesday here on the Big Talkers 1700. You can always join the program at 264-1700. That's 264-1700. Great show lined up for you today. 415, Rob Howe is going to join us from Hawkeye Nation. 440, Sean Tomlinson, Bleacher Report on the National Football League. In the 5 o'clock hour, Pete Futek, College Football News will lead it off. And at about 525, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog, will be our guest. And my partner is doing like triple duty. First, the noon show with you and Ken. Now, this show, and then high school baseball again tonight. Man, oh man, oh man, pal, you are a busy guy. Well, you got to pay the bills some way, Jimmy B, and that's the only <laughs> way to do it is to be busy here in the radio world. So, going to be out again and making the trek down to Indianola. And uh, if you're on the uh, bypass this evening, get out of my way because I got to hustle down yeah. there as we'll you be do. taking the airwaves tonight. 6.45 with the pregame. And 7 o'clock with the first pitch. Top 10 matchup, Valley ranked number 10. The Tigers, after their victory on Monday night, punching their ticket with the walk-off win. Javon Mason with the hit that won it for the Tigers. They get Indianola. The Indians 34-3 and this year. And Duncan Davitt, their fine pitcher, will be taking the bump as anticipated this evening. He'll be a future Iowa Hawkeye. A year ago, Jimmy B, it was Jack Dreyer leading that Johnston squad uh, to the state tournament in a championship with his left arm that we saw him on the mound for the Hawkeyes this year. Maybe the same this year with Duncan Davitt for Indianola as he makes his way to Iowa City after the season concludes. Should be a good one tonight, 7 o'clock with the first pitch here on 1700. All right, big news of the day, a couple of big deals taking place. You were just talking baseball, so let's quickly get into that, where Manny Machado appeared in the All-Star game last night wearing a Baltimore Orioles jersey. We thought it might be the last time that you would see him in that jersey. Trent, we were correct. It's going to be a Los Angeles Dodgers. How much better now does that make the Dodgers, and does that put them in contention to be the National League representative again in the World Series? Well, there there still are some concerns with this team. With all the injuries that they have had this season, they're better, no doubt. I mean, this is a lot better team than they were before they got a guy of this impact. But I don't know if I'm willing to go quite there. I, I still, even with Manny Machado and as good as he has been with Baltimore throughout the years, a young star and possible signing him long-term, I still think I might like the Cubs a little bit better because Clayton Kershaw is certainly not the Clayton Kershaw that we saw in the past. Rod right. Stripling we got to see last night, and, well, there's a reason he was making his first All-Star appearance. A nice story, <laughs> no doubt, but is he going to keep up what he did in the first half and the second half? A 28-year-old kind of journeyman type of guy. His ERA coming into... The All-Star game was 2.08. You don't think he's going to be able to replicate that. Alex Wood is kind of the picture of inconsistency throughout his career. Maybe his numbers get a bit better, but his ERA is approaching four. I don't love that bullpen. As good as Jansen is at the back end of it, the guys in front of him certainly leave you nervous. I still like the Cubs roster better than the Dodgers, even with the addition of Manny Machado. 
Okay, interesting. Interesting that you would uh, bring that up. What about the East, the Phillies, the Atlanta Braves? Weren't the Phillies one of your uh, picks to get into the playoffs? They were, yeah. I had them as a wild card team, had the over on their win total this year when we were uh, making our preseason bets. So I'm feeling good about that one. Really the only team, though, that I would anticipate. And again, this is baseball. We're talking short series. Anything can right. happen. We've seen that so yeah. much happen throughout the years. A short series, hey, just in the course of the regular season. You know, the Royals can beat the Yankees two out of three. In the playoffs, a decent team can beat a great team three out of five or four out of seven. It happens a lot. But the sustainability of the Phillies, the Braves, even the Nationals, if they get in, I don't like the way that they stack up in comparison to what the Dodgers and the Cubs, what they're going to be. It can happen, certainly, there's no doubt, but those to me are the also-rans. I think we're setting up for number three, the the, uh, rubber match, if you will, in the NLCS with the Cubs and Dodgers this year. Okay, fair enough. I'm good with that. Uh, You referenced uh, wagering. Yesterday, you asked me for a couple of picks, and I gave them to you. Mm -hmm. I hope that you fired on them last night. You asked me if there would be any runs scored in the first inning by either team. I said no. Right. Correct. Winner. Then you, winner, chicken dinner. Then you asked me, will it be more than 24 total runs, hits, airs? Mm Mm-hmm. And I sat on it for a few moments, but then I said, I got this gut feeling. I have a feeling they're going over. Well, it took boom. a while. It took a it while. Did. It I, did. I, I had already been on that one earlier in the day, so you didn't help me on that one. But the first inning one, Jimmy B, I'll give you credit yes. on that one. You got it done. And then you had a pick for MVP. Who was your pick? Well, it was Manny Machado. <laughs> That didn't work out so well. That <laughs> yeah, didn't work out. You're right. Not not quite yeah. as well. You know, it's funny as you uh, you talk about that. So I was going through. I told you I took Bryce Harper, and I was taking a look at some of the longer shots. And one of them that I looked at very long was Alex Bregman. And, of course, as he was named MVP last night, I, I was kicking myself, just thinking, oh, boy, that 35-to-1 wager would have looked very good in the old account if I actually would have fired at it. But, alas, another gambling what-if for me, Jimmy B. I understand perfectly. Look, I also I also was championing the fact that they mic players. Yeah. How cool, how cool was it where they're having a conversation with Bryce Harper and Trout yanks one out of the yard and Harper saying, man, that guy's really good. That guy's he's, he's the best. He's really good. I thought that was just great, Harper carrying on the conversation like that in the outfield. I I don't want to come off as a curmudgeon here, Jimmy B. Oh, stop. After a while, I'm like, okay, that, that's enough. Okay, we get it. I, yeah. A time or two, I would have been fine, but seemingly every inning to have another one, it, it felt like too much to me. I get, hey, if this gets more young kids that are interested in the game because of it, and they think that it's cool that these guys are accessible, then sure, I'm all for that. But for me personally, it did feel a little bit overboard. Really? Yeah. You as a young guy, too. I'm mean, not that young, Jim. Like, I'm, not, is, I'm not that young. Right, it's, it's right in your wheelhouse, pal. I'm not that Come young. I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 40. <laughs> I'm not that young anymore. I'm not the demographic they're looking for. I am no longer in that first age range. I'm no longer in the 18 to 34, Jimmy B., 
No, I have aged no, out of history. it. So yes, yeah, my opinion doesn't matter to them anyway anymore. Hell, I'm you're better than me because I'm not in any demographic right. anymore. <laughs> no, so. no, you're in that plus. You're, you're in the plus one at the end. Sixty-five or seventy plus. That, that's Jimmy B. He gets Ninety-two. That one. <laughs> God, goodbye. See ya. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm toast. I'm toast. They don't even talk to me anymore. No, I, they don't. Need, they don't even run a commercial for me anymore on well, TV. There's plenty of commercials uh, it's, for well, you. Yeah, depends. Right. Yeah, a lot, a lot of medicines that you can take. Term life <laughs> that insurance. Blue pill. Term, <laughs> term life insurance. That's a big one for you. There's yeah. plenty out there for you anymore, Jimmy B. Oh God. And, and the oh. game overall, as as it was sitting and you go through, it's. Two to one, and it was kind of boring for a long time. But it did ratchet up. Obviously, the the latter half of the game got a lot more exciting. There, it's the All Star Game. It's good, but I'm ready for yeah. real baseball to get back. And hey, I love this. Normally, we don't get started again until Friday, but we get the one game tomorrow night, and it's perfect for us. Cardinals at the Cubs. That, that's perfect. Yep, it worked for our listening audience. That works perfectly. And you know what else we get tomorrow? The beginning of the Open Championship, the mm-hmm. British Open, starts tomorrow. I've been watching a little bit on Golf Channel, Trent, and Karnuski looks like a freaking tabletop. And these guys are going to hit 450-yard drives. And then when the wind's coming back the other way, they'll be hitting 208-yard drives. 200, it's like, yeah. Hey, it's just like Jimmy B out there. Knocking <laughs> it out there. Well, speaking of wagering, I do got a couple of picks for you. I had Tommy Fleetwood back in the U.S. Open. He made a run, didn't get it done. I had a couple guys. Hendrick Stenson was also there, but didn't cash. I cashed for you at the Masters as I handed out uh, Reed, Patrick Reed. I got a couple here. Now, I'm going back to the Tommy Fleetwood train again. I'm hopping on those flowing locks, and I'm going to go with Fleetwood. You can get them 19, 20, 22 to 1, kind of depending on where you're shopping. I like him once again. I'm going to jump on. That's kind of out of that favorite group the guy that I'm going to take. And Jimmy B, I'm also going to hand out a lottery ticket. You can get Xander Shoffley, Shoffla? Shoffley, Shoffley, yeah. See, earlier today, Matt Rudy said it was Shoffla from Golf Digest. The Xander guy, the guy with an X in his name. You get him at 120 to 1. That's where I'm going with my other one, the lottery ticket, Xander Shoffley. Shoffla, Shoffley. That guy, we're going with him. With that... We need to take a break. We're talking Hawkeyes coming up on the other side. One final time before departing over to Chicago for Big Ten Football Media Days. Joining us next, it'll be Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com as he kicks things off. Taking you up until 6 o'clock tonight, Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type. 
the type that will walk for life-changing research and stop at nothing until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org. Sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced golfer, practice makes you, well, can make you perfect. Willow Creek Golf Course is a great place to do just that. Their driving range is open and ready for you to get just a little better. There's lots of room, grass tees, and even a practice green. Call for more information at 515-285-4558 or visit willowgolf.com. That's willowgolf.com. Willow Creek Golf Course on Southeast Willow Creek. You wouldn't put a low-quality door on your house, so why would you put one on your garage? Advanced Door Systems has partnered with CHI, one of the nation's finest garage door manufacturers, to combine a great product with expert service and know-how. At Advanced Door Systems, we have 45 years of experience. So whether it's a residential or commercial project, you know the job will be done right the first time. Learn more at ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com. Advanced Door Systems, the right door, the right way. Hi, Tom Bodette, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Since 1980, Christopher's Gold and Rare Coins has been Central Iowa's trusted local source for precious metals, rare coins, currency, and estate jewelry. Christopher's can help you invest in gold or silver and start or sell a coin collection. If you're looking for top value on family heirlooms, diamond and precious gem jewelry, or luxury watches, Christopher's trained staff will provide the information you need to sell with confidence. Christopher's Gold and Rare Coins, south of Douglas on Merle Hay Road or at Christopher'sRareCoins.com. The TNT football camp is back in Central Iowa. Join myself, Tavian Banks. Tavian Banks on the second play from scrimmage inside the 20. Forget about it. Touchdown, Iowa. Along with Tim Dwight. Superman wears number six and he plays for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Buckeyes, touchdown! July 27th and 28th at Valley High School for the TNT football camp. Players ages 7 through 14 will experience football fundamentals taught by the best high school coaches in the Midwest. Find more information at TNTCamps.com. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa that can assist in your franchise needs. Rush Niggett of Brick Gentry PC provides law services for those involved in starting a franchise. Find more information online at RushOnBusiness.com where Rush Niggett can assist you in buying and starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school baseball season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry PC and Rush Niggett. Real sports talk for real sports. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Taking you up until 6 o'clock tonight, Jimmy B and TC. We roll through as we are efforting right now as trying to get Rob Howe from Hawkeye Nation on the line, Jimmy B, but haven't been mm-hmm. able to connect yet. We will keep working on that here. We've got Sean Tomlinson a little bit later on this hour. We'll talk some NFL with him, followed up by PFU Tech College Football News and Jeff Hughes on the Bears from the Bears blog. But well, while we have a moment here, Jimmy B, we didn't touch on the topic that I know you want to talk about so the forum is yours Kawhi Leonard traded to Toronto talk your NBA Mr. Brinson well here's the thing uh look Greg Popovich he was never going to send him to a team in the west you and I had had that discussion in the past and we both agreed that was never going to happen so send him to the great white north then and he has no interest in going there His agent has come out and said that he doesn't want to go there. Well, here's the problem. The deal is, Kawhi, you're still under contract. You have to go. And Toronto now holds all the cards. Trent, I did a little research on this. If Kawhi Leonard refuses to show and decides that he wants to sit out the entire year, they can fine him all the way to what his contract number is. In other words, if he was supposed to make $18 million this coming season, they can fine him every day all the way up to that $18 million, and he will get zero if he doesn't show. My guess is that he will show up, he'll play, and then maybe by the first of the year, the Lakers will try to make a deal and try to get Kawhi in Los Angeles. But Ooh. we can get into that later. Right now, it's time to talk a little Hawkeyes. Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com. He joins us here this afternoon. Getting ready to depart, make his way to Chicago for Big Ten Football Media Days. Rob, your summer's almost hour. How's it gone? Yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of the... The realization that I'm coming to is that uh, it's just about done. So, but it's starting to get that way anyway. I'm starting to work on stuff as the season approaches. So, yeah, summers go fast. They do, no doubt. And an Iowa football team that comes in, you know, kind of the fringes of the top 25 with most of the prognostications out there. Saw them pop up a couple of times. Seen Iowa State pop up a couple of times. But they're certainly the number two choice in the Big Ten. What's the uh, what's the question you're looking forward to asking most of Kirk? What what's maybe a position group? What what are you looking forward to learning from Kirk? And I know sometimes that can prove to be a little bit difficult. 
Yeah, it's kind of a rat race when we get to Chicago because it's not only the Iowa folks um, asking questions of him, but also, um, you know, the regional and national folks as well and, and guys, reporters from other schools. So, um, yeah, um, I think just kind of I, I, I like to just get a feel for how he, you know, where he's at. I mean, this is his 20th season. He's been through this so many times. Kind of if he gets a feel going at this time of year, what he has, or when that feeling kind of kicks in, okay, I know what I have here, um, and what that process is like. That's kind of the thing that's been going on in my head recently, because it just seems like every year, and it's probably like this at most schools, if you're not, you know, Ohio State and Alabama or, you know, the Blue Bloods, there are, there are holes, there are question marks, there are guys that you have to replace in college football, and, you know, there's varying degrees of, how important that is. And Iowa obviously has, you know, replacing three linebackers on a, on a team that relies so much on defense is really the glaring one. And if you look back to last year at this time, we didn't know what Iowa would have a quarterback. They were losing C.J. Beathard, who was drafted in the NFL, and it was a competition between Tyler Wiggers and Nathan Stanley, and that worked out pretty well for Iowa. But how do those things work out this year? You know, those question marks, those holes, those areas of unknown. Rob, I'm curious to the fact of, will Nate Stanley be under the microphone microscope? In other words, is he going to be the star of the program for the Iowa Hawkeyes? In Chicago? Yes. I would say so, yes, and that's no disrespect to Parker Hesse or Matt Nelson, but they're they're just not, at least outside of the Iowa circles, they're not very well known, um, and Stanley is a guy who kind of burst on the scene last year, um, and pretty quiet guy, he's getting more, you know, outward, um, getting used to the, 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 the microphones and the and the cameras and those things. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he handles things in Chicago. He's a pretty even-keeled kid, so I think he'll do fine. Um, he's not easy to get to, so you'll probably get a lot of cliched uh, team-type answers. Um, but I'm interested to see because each seems like each time we get to meet with him from, you know, from last spring to the summer to during the season to this spring, each time he, he makes a little bit more progress and is, a little bit more thoughtful with his answers, and um, he's, he's really uh, an engaging kid if you get him at the right time, so hopefully he shows that in Chicago. One of the guys we won't be hearing for is Noah Fant, the uh, outstanding tight end for the Hawkeyes. He's a junior, a true junior, though, so is Nate Stanley. We saw Josie Jewell break the streak of all seniors a couple years back with the Hawkeyes. I've always enjoyed listening to Noah Fant, maybe a, a jump start on a possible Mackey Award win. You would think you could have a chance to do that. Why do you think the reason was that Kirk decided not to bring him along? Yeah, Trent, the thing that popped out to me is he wasn't voted on the leadership committee by his mm-hmm. teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure that most of the guys that go are on that leadership committee. Um, I could be off on that, but that just seems to be, in my mind, one of the you know parameters for guys that they take. Um, I was surprised by Akron Wadley last year not going. Um, but it just sometimes it's tough to figure out. I we were on our message board at Hawkeye Nation. We had a you know kind of a I don't say competition, but we were all we're guessing in the last month or so who it would be. And I had Nelson and Hesse right 
Uh, I thought it would be Keegan Render instead of Nathan Stanley, but it's good to see that Kirk is willing to go. And I, I think it's good for Nathan Stanley as somebody who has to be a leader on this team to go and represent his team. And uh, I was not surprised that Noah Fant wasn't there just based on not being on that leadership committee. Interesting that uh, on, on that reference. What do you expect Kirk Ferentz to say on his uh, 20th year on this team and just basically overall his run in the Big Ten? Will he be contrite? Will he be coach speak? Or do you think he'll give you something? He's gotten a little, little more colorful over the last five years or so, Jim. Um, he still plays it pretty close to the vest, but especially in the situations where you get him uh, at these media days, he's a little more loose and a little more open, um, so you can kind of get him on a broad range of topics. I just think this is an interesting time for him. He, he knows that, that he's a heck of a lot closer to the end than he is at the beginning, uh, and that's not to put him out the pasture, but... Eventually, he's going to want to ride off into the sunset here, and I mean, it's obvious that the hope is that his son is the one who takes the reins, and this is just an interesting time for Iowa football. Brian had a up-and-down first year as offensive coordinator, some really rough spots and some really bright spots, and that has to become more consistent, and this is really part of Kirk's legacy, how his son does as the offensive coordinator and what that looks like for the future of Iowa football. So I find it really intriguing that this is a, I think, a very interesting time for Iowa football. It is, and expectations continue to grow. You know, the other uh, component from this summer that we've, I know, touched on a little bit with you, Rob, in the past is the ability to use freshmen up to four games yet still maintain that redshirt status with it. How big of an impact is that going to be for Iowa? And is it better for the Ohio States and Michigans of the world, or is it better for the developmental programs like in Iowa or Wisconsin? I think time will tell. I think it's got pluses and minuses for, for both, um, you know, the, the schools that just reload, like Ohio State and Alabama. And then I think it's especially towards the latter part of the year for um, developmental programs like Iowa and Iowa State to be able to, you know, how much have these guys developed in their first year and how much can they help us, whereas before you had to wait that next year to find out. Um, I think it's good for Iowa. Um, you know, they, they've, and I haven't, I haven't done the numbers yet. It's something I'm, I'm going to work on, but they've been playing a lot more true freshmen in, the last, in this, this past decade than they did in the prior decade, um, and I think this just invites more of that. It, it gives them a chance to maybe look at even more guys to get a chance to say, okay, Let's put him out there. It's the middle of the season. Let's put him out there, see what he can do. If it doesn't look like it's working, we can just pull him back. And I think that's just a, it's a really good option for the player because the player can go out there and get a sense of, okay, I belong out here. Some of them will probably have a false sense and they're going to think they belong out there no matter what. But it gives you more of a realistic look at what you can do and where you are along in the process. Rob Howe is our guest, Hawkeye Nation. We're having a conversation about the Hawks getting ready, of course, for Big Ten Media Days as well. Uh, quickly to basketball. Any more fallout on the DJ Carton scenario? Have people finally uh, given up the ghost on that and have finally uh, put it on the back burner? Yeah, I think, Jim, that not a lot of people were expecting it to be Iowa. I think there was that shock when he eliminated Iowa before his final three, but then he committed so quick to Ohio State that it, 
it kind of just all blew over kind of quickly. And the reaction was what I expected. Um, you know, the narrative is that Fran can't recruit point guards. Um, we've seen him miss on kids at that position throughout the years. Um, and that's the narrative that he has to break. Um, and the, 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 the blame, if you want to use that word, or the reasoning why D.J. Carton isn't at Iowa is because Fran can't recruit point guards. That's the logic of, of or the narrative that's out there for a lot of folks, whether it's fair or not. Um, I think he has recruited some decent point guards. And, again, as we talked about with, with Brian Ferentz and Kirk Ferentz and how they're tied together, Fran and Connor McCaffrey are really tied together this season because he's going to be expected to log minutes at point guard when Jordan Bohannon isn't there. And we're going to, I did a story on Connor earlier this week and him talking about what he thinks his role is. Um, and missing on D.J. Carton um, just magnifies the need for Connor to be a playable point guard for his father. So, again, another interesting dynamic in terms of Iowa athletics and father and son combinations. Finally, Rob, uh, on HawkeyeNation.com, today you released your game-by-game predictions. You ended up at 8-4 and four on the season. As, as you went through the exercise, if you can, take us through that a little bit as you were making your individual predictions and, and finishing up at 8-4. and four. Yeah, I try to, for the most part, not go in with a number in my head. All right, this this generally looks like a seven win or eight win, nine win team, what have you. I try to take it game by game, and then within that, say, okay, you know, teams are coming off a bye here. What's the where does this game fall? You know, in the schedule, how how does it shape up? So, kind of some factors like that, and then, but for the most part, I really try to just look at how the teams match up and how good I think each team is going to be. And it's really throwing darts at the dartboard a lot of times <laughs> because who knows? I mean, if you would have, if we were sitting here last July and I was on the air with you guys and said, you know, this is what's going to happen. I was going to blow out Ohio State at home and then lose at home to Purdue two weeks later. You guys would have had me committed. But that's the yes. type of stuff that happens. That's why they play these games. So... I think this is a team that can be in, and it's almost like this every year, guys, with Iowa. They're going to be in that probably seven, eight, nine win range. And there's those flip games, whether it be Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota. Um, who else am I leaving out? You know, those, those Iowa State, I think you have those games that are kind of coin flip games. And then there are games that, you know, you wouldn't be shocked if they won, but surprised if they beat Wisconsin and Penn State. Um, and then surpri- real surprised if they lose to Illinois, um, Maryland. Um, and then there's another one in there that I can't remember right now that should be a win at home um, besides the non-conference games. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where, you, kind of where you, when, I, when I'm picking these, these uh, Nebraska is the other one. But when I'm picking these games, that's kind of how I look at it. What are the toss-up games? What are the games that are going to be you know, underdogs, what games are they going to be favored? And then kind of just analyzing those games and, and figuring out where I see things, how, how I see things shaking out. Well, you don't have to watch the football season, Rob. You got it figured out, 8-4 and four for the Hawkeyes, <laughs> and away we go. Hey, thanks as always for your time. We'll do it again here in a couple weeks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Rob Howe, HawkeyeNation.com, joining us here as we get the time out back on the other side. More football talk in the 
slowest day on the sports calendar. We got NFL talk coming up next. Sean Tomlinson, he'll be joining us from BleachReport.com as we take a look around the NFL next on Jimmy B and TC. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood... Welcome back, everybody. We roll till 6 o'clock, and then we have high school baseball coming up as well this evening on the Big Talker 1700. Right now, we're going to the Great White North. Okay, it's Toronto, one of the greatest cities on the planet, and Sean Tomlinson is sequestered nicely there. Bleacher Report on the NFL. Sean, as always, pal, welcome to the show, and we have plenty of NFL questions for you. But being in Toronto and the big news of the day, the Spurs and the Toronto Raptors with the big trade and DeMar DeRozan heads to the Alamo City while Kawhi Leonard will be in a Raptors jersey. I would just kind of like if you've had a chance to talk to people, do they like the deal? Is it exciting for the city? What do you got? There's there's absolutely a buzz here. And it's I, I think it's sort of... Um, there's an excitement, definitely, but it's followed by a bit of a bittersweetness. I mean, DeMar was a hero in this city, uh, here for nine years, obviously drafted, brought him up. That sort of romance that him and Kyle, Kyle Lowry have, it, it was a lot of fun to watch that blossom. Um, but I, I think it was time, I think a lot of fans believe that it's time for the Raptors to finally embrace a bit of a risk and take a bit of a chance. And that's what they've done here in, in a big way. I mean... Leonard is, you know, in MVP in the playoffs. He's he's just this terrific talent, but he comes with some baggage in a few ways. There's the obvious injury. Um, he's already there are reports that he already doesn't want to come here, which is wonderful. Um, there's some <laughs> behavioral matters, perhaps, but it just, you know, if he can get in in line here and if, if he can get on board, even if it's just for for one season, to have that talent and and to put him next to a team that already was, was the best in the East during the regular season. And, oh, by the way, LeBron James isn't in the East anymore. Uh, I, I, it, it, just, it, it really changes the complexion of, of, of that team, I think. Taking a chance. That, that's what I like about this is, yeah, you can be there and make the playoffs and win a round, maybe even two, but take a chance at one of the guys that's certainly one of the top five players in the league. Even if he doesn't want to be there, he's still playing for a contract next season. I, I like it out of the Raptors. But we're not here to talk NBA. See, Brinson, he always tries to bring the NBA into it. No, we're here to talk NFL football, and the Baltimore Ravens open up the NFL slate as they get training camp started today. So, Sean, have you had the uh, live can up from, from the practice and watching the guys stretching here for the first training camp? <laughs> oh, I would never, ever miss it. Hey, listen, I... We, we, we kid, I, I get it. We are all just holding our breath for, to watch real football. And the, the beginning of training camp is so great, but it's, it's so weird to me sometimes. It's like I'm still walking around in, in shorts, and so are the football players, by the way. I mean, right? They're, they're not putting on pads for, for, for a little bit. Um, so you, you just sort of have to check yourself a touch, perhaps. But, but yeah, it's good to have football back, even if it is, um, you know, just large man versus tackling dummies. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, 
I, I always get excited when football begins. And Trent and I were laughing about this earlier that we can't wait for NFL exhibition games, even though a lot of times they're just terrible and they mean nothing. But it's football, Sean, and I guess I guess that's why we are so lured to it. So I think that this talk that the NFL is in a major decline, I don't think that really holds water. Do you? Oh God, no. I mean, I, I get it. that's a that's such a deep conversation on, on many levels. People want to point at TV ratings. People want to point at politics, for example. Do you know what I like to point at? Look at the Packers. The only team that has to, you know, uh, put their 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 finances public, uh, they're making a lot of money, <laughs> and and it, it, the league is such a, a a juggernaut. And and yes, the TV ratings have kind of plateaued, but compared to all other TV, uh, I mean, network TV is just dying. Even Netflix is is, is suffering, and the NFL just had just been kind of going steady, uh, and. You're right. People will, we will watch meaningless football religiously in a few weeks. And people will even, on purpose, watch the fourth quarter of the first week of a preseason game. Uh, and, and we will obsess over four-string battles and everything. And, and that's, to me, really the, the pull of, of, of the NFL. I think the ultimate judge of how popular a sport is isn't this, the season. How much do we talk about it during the offseason? Take it back in March, free agency, the draft. There are people who spend all year talking about the draft, <laughs> and it's a three-day event. So, yeah, the, the NFL is strong and just fine. So uh, as we go through another uh, storyline that comes out every training camp is the guys that aren't there, the holdouts that are out there, and some big names, veteran names, that uh, don't look like they're going to be there at training camp early on. Aaron Donald, Julio Jones, a couple of those names. Let's start right there with those two. As we go through, for these big-name guys, do you think it's going to be by the time we get to week three or so of the preseason, everything will be good? Or is there an opportunity, a chance, that one of these big-name guys decides to stay out for a while? Well, I I sense we're going to get to talking about one guy that, that might, and that's, that's Le'Veon Bell, but... Uh, with with those guys specifically, I I I think that they they know that their earning power is so significant, and and to miss opportunities to to produce and then go into next spring as, as potential free agents um, uh, with with Donald specifically, mm-hmm. um, that that is too much of a chance to to, to miss out on. Julio Jones is is an interesting case. I mean, you could say that yes, you. Obviously, this is true for, for a lot of players. You signed the contract at the time, you made it high speed player. Fair, but he is hilariously underpaid now compared to his, his peers and what he does. So I, I certainly don't begrudge him wanting to, to have, a, have a market correction. I, I, I think sometimes, uh, obviously, the fans and, and soccer fans in this case, we want those, you know, that, that player on the field, but, you know, it, it, it feels bizarre to me this sort of cheer for owners and sort of hate on players in that sense. These are guys that can get cut at any moment, really. Not not who we have Jones necessarily, but to to ma- and it's you know it, it's obviously a sport where you're considered old at the age of thirty. So you you want to maximize that earning power, and I I think they both show up on on time eventually. But I don't blame veterans for wanting to uh, not go through the the rigors of training camp, or at least the whole thing. 
I get I get that uh, from covering different players at different times throughout my career at training camp. They have uh, no love for it really whatsoever. Uh, the Le'Veon Bell thing is, and you know, I wouldn't. No, not oh, not when you're 30 and you've gone through the rigors of you know six seven years already in the uh, NFL. The thing, the Le'Veon Bell thing, I found interesting because the Steelers, including their coach Mike Tomlin referenced on a Sunday that, yeah, we think we're going to get something done here before the deadline. And then it comes out on Monday, nope, we're not going to get it. Was was that just coach speak, or do you really think they thought they were close? It's so hard to, to really gauge that. It, there, there's a lot of posturing on, on both ends. But what it comes down to for me, I think, I, I think the Steers think they have more leverage than they really do. I, I think... The Steers need Le'Veon Bell far more than the, the, the other way around. I mean, yes, certainly Bell could suffer a career-altering injury this year. That, that's true for any player on any team, obviously. But if he bets on himself, he is going to get priced out of, you know, of, of, of going back to Pittsburgh instantly. We're talking about a player who has nearly 8,000 yards from scrimmage uh, uh, per, per ESPN. It's 7,996 over 62 games. That is more than any player in history over that same stretch. Um, and we, we call him a running back just because we have to label him as something. But he's not really a true running back. We're talking about a guy who splits out wide sometimes in the slot, box green, never comes off the field. So don't compare him to other running backs in terms of what he should and shouldn't make. He, he, just, he needs to be paid like a top five player almost, or top ten. You know, and, yes, quarterbacks, obviously it's an extremely important position but I guess you have to ask yourself, who has a bigger impact on, on a game? Le'Veon Bell or Ryan Tannehill, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. he's Le'Veon Bell, if he were to get what he wants, or even close to it, he'd still be making less annually than Ryan Tannehill. And I don't mean to rip Ryan Tannehill, he's fine, but I just we have to really get out of that mold of just, you know, it's so rigid. He's a running back, he needs to be paid like this. It, it it shouldn't work that way, and I think if there's one guy to break that mold, it's it's Le'Veon Bell. So we have two quarterbacks coming off of ACL injuries, very important guys. After a great second year for Carson Wentz and a rookie season for Deshaun Watson, both cut short with those injuries. What's the expectation for them, Sean? What what should we expect out of both those guys as they make their way back this year? I think the easier one to answer there is is, is Wentz because we just obviously he he's, he's been around for a bit longer. Um, two years ago, it, he had that terrific start and then uh, sort of leveled off and went through struggles. But what what was impressive is that over an off season he learned from those struggles and then had he I think he would have won the MVP had had he stayed healthy. Uh, and and I you know it's no two ACL recoveries are are, are the same, but. I think he can come back strong, and obviously the Eagles, uh, they've got a, a pretty good fallback option, seeing as they won the Super Bowl without him. Uh, I, Watson is is the more interesting one one to me. Listen, he was just absolutely white-hot when, when he was injured, and it was just so heartbreaking the way it happened and on, like, a Thursday when he wasn't even playing. Um, but it's just, you know, he didn't really have those rookie struggles yet, right? As great as he was, Everybody has that. I don't care who you are. Going back to Andrew Lux, you know, that everybody has that. So you want to see him sort of get knocked down a bit and be able to, to, to claw his way back up, perhaps. 
and we haven't had that yet, and he is still behind a putrid offensive line. So to ask him, after recovering from an injury, to always be dodging and weaving, you know, when faced with pressure, he can do that, but eventually he would end up kind of looking like how Russell Wilson does in Seattle. You know, there's a a limit to how much you can ask him to, to, to be a wizard, so... The one I'm really interested in is Watson, and he is must-watch TV at all times. Uh, we're having a great conversation right now with Bleacher Report, Sean Tomlinson. We're talking the National Football League. Uh, Darrell Rivas, Rivas Island is no more. He announces his retirement. Where would you put Rivas in his prime in the great pantheon of defensive backs? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to compare eras, but in his prime... In this generation, he he was the best cornerback. I, I just it it really is that simple. It's I think it's it's hard to sort of have some you know to 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 remember that now because he he fell off quickly as cornerbacks often do. Once you lose that step, it's it starts to be over quick, uh, fast. But you know, it, in in this era, there's so much covered schemes and you, and you, and you rely so much on safeties. He was the one guy you could put on his own, one on one coverage physically matches up well against everybody. Uh, just his agility, how well he was able to just mirror the opposite receiver. And he, he played at such a high level physically. There were so many great battles with him, with the Patriots when he was with the Jets, um, you know, specifically against Randy Moss, too. That, that was a lot of fun that, mm-hmm. that one year. Uh, he was just a guy who was a lot of fun to watch at, at, at all times. And I think he, he's uh, maybe not first ballot, but he's definitely Hall of Famer. Good stuff. Hey, Sean, as always, great catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time, and enjoy Kawhi while you have him. <laughs> Will do, yeah. For, for, for one year, it'll be great. Thanks so much, guys. You bet. That is Sean Tomlinson from Bleacher Report joining us here today. Talk to a little NFL football. Jimmy B, the Bears get started tomorrow. In fact, we'll yep. talk a little Chicago Bears later in the show today, about 5.25, 5.30 or so. Our good buddy Jeff Hughes will stop by from the Bears blog and uh, – this is setting up to be, I think, a pretty entertaining season for what we consider our locals. The Vikings, the Packers, the Bears, and the Chiefs, all with hopes, different types of hopes for different teams, of at least being playoff teams this year. Well, I think if you're a Viking fan, you your hopes are sky high. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're really interested to see how Patrick Mahomes performs at uh, the quarterback position, and... If you're a Bears fan, you're going, oh boy, uh, how can we make inroads in this division? If you're Green Bay, you got maybe the best quarterback on the planet or the second best quarterback on the planet, depending who you're talking to. So they're, they're going to be competitive like they always are. So I'm not really sure, Trent, to be honest with you, where the Bears fit in. I don't know if they're going to you know, all of a sudden, like, shock the world and be 8-8, eight and eight, mm-hmm. or are they going to be a five-win team? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure where I put them at the moment. Well, I don't think 8-8 eight and eight would shock the world, would it, Jim? Yeah. No. 8-8? Eight and eight? Yeah. That, what were they last year? They were bad last year. New coach, second-year <laughs> quarterback. Yeah, but I know. Shock the world would be twelve and four. I agree with you. They're, they go eight and eight. You're not going to be jaw drop on the ground. It's not like Jacksonville in the AFC Championship game last year. <laughs> eight and eight. Get out of here. This is the NFL we're talking about. This isn't your crappy NBA where teams don't have a chance. 
This is the this NFL. Is... The Eagles went from 5-11 and 11 to a Super Bowl win. Yes, I know. So they did. to go from 5-11 well, and 11 to 8-8 eight and eight is not jaw drop on the floor. Come on, Jimmy P. I look at it, it's your team. If I don't bust you on them a little bit, then what am I doing on this show? Well, hell, the over-under six and a half. I know. Well, see, there you go. The over-under six and a half. You win two more games, you're at eight and eight. That's jaw-dropping. Well, it'd be eight and a half and, and seven and a half if you're going two more games. <laughs> and that's impossible, as we know. <laughs> what I do know is we need to take a break. We're coming back with the five right. o'clock hour, and we're kicking it off with some college football talk as... A day off in the world of sports, the slowest day on the sports calendar, but we still have you covered until 6 o'clock tonight. Then, high school baseball on the airwaves tonight. It'll be Indianola, 34-3 and this year, hosting West Des Moines Valley. The winner moves on to the state tournament next week at Principal Park. Full play-by-play coverage with the pregame starting at 6.45. 7 o'clock with the first pitch, the Tigers and the Indians tonight here on 1700. The 5 o'clock hour is next. I'm Jimmy B and TC.